every side In the darkness is the light Out of the shadows of my life Welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. And tonight we are discussing another episode of So Weird, Go Figure, which is Season 2, Episode 25. And in the original network airing order, this is the penultimate episode of the series. And in the production order, this is the third to last. We're talking about Transplant tonight. What is our mystery of the week? Somebody needs a heart transplant. And, and where things happen? <laughs> aliens. Aliens. Yes, this is another episode tying in with the alien myth arc, though not too directly. I mean, I'm assuming this was meant to connect with the other alien episodes in a more explicit way at some point. This episode brings back John Kane from Strange Geometry. Mackenzie Gray is back. Um, basically, the plot synopsis is, you know, as we know, last time Mackenzie or Molly is working on a new album now, and they were hoping to get John back to play guitar on it. And he has recently undergone a heart transplant. They say it's because of his smoking, but I think it's sort of unspoken, just general rock star excess in general. And But ever since having his heart transplant, his personality has become very different. He's developed panic attacks. He's having hallucinations. Fiona discovers that he is developed an interest in extraterrestrials. And also he can't play guitar anymore. He's lost his ability to play music. And Jack and Fiona attempt to figure out figure out what's going on and help him out. Yeah, one of my favorite things about the opening for this episode is the scene where Molly, Jack, and Fee are sitting on the bus watching a VHS of the Phillips King Band and the song Land of the Free. We get to see a little music video and young Molly and Rick and John Kane dancing around, playing guitars, looking all cool. It has a very Bruce Springsteen vibe to it and I love it and I wish we could have heard more of that song. You know, we were talking last week about, you know, the uh, prospects of a Molly Phillips music video VHS collection. That must be what they're watching there or something. I don't know. I like how they go back and watch it from time to time. Well, it must be yeah. a very bittersweet experience for their family since they're fathers of it. Yeah, and it's not like it's the first time we've seen them do this. In the opening from memory, we also see them watching a whole video of Molly and Rick playing with little Jack and Fee over with a swimming pool. I think the um, best thing this episode does is bring back John Kane. You know, it's sort of interesting to think that he's only had ever been in, what, one previous episode? Mm-hmm. Yep. But despite that, he looms so large in the so weird lore. Mm-hmm. And I think Mackenzie Gray gives a fantastic performance in this episode. Agreed. I liked what we saw in Strange Geometry. And in this one, you know, since he's acting like he has a new personality now. I still like it. He's just a really great actor. Yeah, I mean, last time his role was just as the supporting character, and he made a big impression on viewers, but in this episode, he really does get to act his butt off, and he runs through the whole gamut of emotional trauma and anxiety and really shows his strength as an actor, and I think it helps root uh, this episode. And something you know, the show has done throughout its run really well is take these fantastical paranormal themes and find some way to root them in a humanistic area. This episode really succeeds with that. I like okay. the scene where um, where Jack and Fee go to his house. You know, John is trying to tell them to go away, but Jack and Fee, you know, they won't go. They want to stay and help him. And especially Jack, he looks, he seems really concerned in that episode. 
in that scene, I mean. Yeah, and I like that uh, we get a lot of good stuff of Fiona and Jack working together. And for once, because they're both united and caring about this person in their life, they're not really, you don't have that push and pull you usually get where Fiona says, oh, something paranormal is happening and Jack is being the skeptical, being the agent Scully there. So I actually like that, that the two of them are working together. And it's also interesting to see how they both react in an emergency where something's wrong with John and they're trying to get to the phone to call for help. And he immediately starts panicking. Jack immediately is calm, collected, goes over. John to try to make sure he's okay. Tells Fee, go find the phone. I can't find it. We'll call, use the call button, make it, make the ring sound so you can find it. And I think that's definitely true that one emergency does arise. There's always that one person who keeps a cool head, just goes through the motion and get things done while the rest of us just panic. (laughs) Yeah, that is a good sequence. And from, you, you know, we watching the show know to expect something unusual is going on here. But in the context of these characters' lives, it's just somebody that they love and care about is gone through a traumatic uh, medical procedure and is now possibly having, we don't know, some sort of after effects of that. I mean, it could be a life-threatening situation. So to see that moment crystallize and how everybody reacts to it is very interesting. Uh-huh, you said crystallize. <laughs> oh, was that a pun? Is that the secret the episode word? Was so weird. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's cr- crystallize, crystallize. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's where my mind went. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of that moment, I also some great acting from Kara there. It's just the way she looks at John when she's very clearly very concerned. And I'm always just impressed with how much she was able to express with just a look or, you know, her body language. So that was a moment that stuck out to me on this rewatch. I really liked the scenes where um, the Phillips family are concerned over John and he's seeing these hallucinations of them in the the scrubs and then them as, as aliens. Yeah, okay, so are those scenes creepy or cheesy? I'm curious what everybody thinks. When I was younger, uh, aliens is the thing that scared me the most. And so any shots of aliens in this show, especially this episode, I would just run out of my room. So back then, it was really scary to me. I can now, see that. it's just, I've seen it. I don't know, I'm just used to it. I don't really remember how I reacted to this episode the first time. Um, I barely remember watching it. But the one thing I do remember was the shot of the aliens in the scrubs. So it did leave an impression on me, and I don't think it was positive. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think it gives off a creepy vibe. But this is also the most confusing episode of So Weird ever, just because it's so difficult to really get where they're going with the alien arc in this one. I think it would be easier if they did get to finish up the alien arc like they had planned in the season three. But since they kind of left hanging after this episode, I still get confused and frustrated watching this one. Yeah, because we never really get an answer as to why John is having these hallucinations. Like, it's clear that we find out his heart is from somebody who was researching this. Um, but we don't really is he getting psychic visions or is he just experiencing this person's memories and feelings? There's no answers for what exactly is happening there. Or if it's uh, some kind of psychological effect from the surgery, which is what um, Jack was looking up on the laptop. 
Yeah, and I guess if, you know, we want to talk about what the mystery of the week here is, I guess that's a phenomenon they touch upon, this idea that when people receive organ transplants, they sometimes get a little bit of their donor's personality or feelings, um, and they talk about this, or Fiona talks about this in the opening narrations, in between shots of her vamping in a mirror, she mentions um, some famous ballerina that received a transplant and started having different food cravings. Does anybody have any research on the facts on that. Her name's Claire Sylvia. She okay. was a dancer or a, yeah, in ballet, I think. And she got an organ transplant, lung heart. And um, I think j she just experienced things like, oh, suddenly I crave beer and something else that she never used to like. And that's all I was able to find. And that she had died, I think, in 2009. Apparently, she wrote a book called A Change of Heart, which is a title that's very on the nose there. And it became a movie called Heart of a Stranger, starring Jane Seymour. Oh, is this like a Lifetime TV movie? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's an honor that you get to be played in a movie by Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Um, Maybe it was a Hallmark movie. It, it, I'm going to go out of limb and guess that was a TV movie of the week or something. It sounds like it would have been. <laughs> it sounds very similar to the ABC family movie, Searching for David's Heart, that had a couple of Disney Channel stars on it. Like, I think it was Ricky Ullman, uh, Danielle Panabaker, I want to say. Wow, you can just whip some of that knowledge out of nowhere, Kat. I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I do vaguely recall seeing this episode when it aired originally, the only thing I really remembered about it was this guy having this weird sculpture he had built in the back of his house out of random things. And speaking of Mackenzie Gray's performance, good on him for that stream of techno babble they give him early in the episode. Very convincing. Yeah. He, he just gets that right out. Um, and, you know, as somebody who is interested in outsider art and weird, junk collages like that. I have to say that molecule he builds out of stuff around his house is pretty cool. Yeah, totally. I feel bad that it's it had to get destroyed, you know, after this episode. It doesn't exist anymore because it's so cool looking. Yeah, and in fact, I have kind of a, a weird, um, you could even say a so weird memory with that. I, I don't know. I, I have kind of a false memory about this episode because I seem to recall... A version, I have, I have no idea where the hell this came from. This is some re real, real Berenstain, Berenstein shit going on here. But um, <laughs> where, like, something about a satellite dish going off and then there's an explosion. I have, I, I, for some reason, I remember this being so weird. It could have been an episode of Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, or some other friggin' show <laughs> like that. I don't know. But uh, when I was re-watching this episode for the first time a couple years back, and I realized which one it was. I remember this ending where he had built a satellite dish that shot out like a lightning bolt or something at the end, and then it collapsed. And I have no friggin' clue where it came <laughs> from. I must be mixing it up with something else is all I can figure. Or it could have been a weird friggin' dream. Who knows? But um, it was my own weird experience there. You know, if they rebooted so weird, they would have to do an episode about the whole <laughs> Mandela effect. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the molecule thing, watching it as a kid. It just confused the heck out of me. Because, like, as a six-year-old kid, like, what do I know about science and molecules? Nothing. Even as an adult watching it, I'm not a science person, so I'm still like, oh, what? Whenever yeah. that thing comes up. The revelation in the last act about how this scientist had found what he believed to be another element in a meteorite 
it really does come out of nowhere. They pile a lot of information on at the end there. Yeah, it's supposed to be a model of the solar system. So... Oh, well, we, we keep, is we it a map? Him. Yeah, he calls it the molecule. Okay. But Fee, Fee figures out that it's a model of the solar system. I think she <laughs> yeah. thought that's what it was. Because there's that scene where she's drawing it, and then she tells Jack that she thinks it's a model. What if it's both? <laughs> Maybe the map thing is how this would have tied in with the wider alien mythology. Yeah, that confused me, too, because he said that if he could uncover the cellular structure, he could prove there was life in outer space. And I I don't know. I just don't understand that. But that's me. Maybe There's, that's all his, the you know, the guy that died, all his relatives were just like, what the heck is he doing? <laughs> None of this makes sense. Another really important thing, the alien puppet from the first episode comes back. Yes. Yes. I'm so happy to see it. It's so cute when John plays with it. And, you know, we've talked before about wanting various props from the show we would want, and the alien puppet is one I mentioned before. But this episode, in addition to the big model, which I'm I'm doubtful still exists, but uh, that book on aliens that John has, that would be a cool prop to have from the show. Yeah. When I was younger, every time I saw a book in the show, because they would show the author's name and all that, I always thought it was real. So I would look it up. <laughs> I could never find it. <laughs> I want John Kane's guitar. It's awesome. Oh, well, yeah, that would be a good one, too. <laughs> and I'm sure guitar heads out there who can recognize a model just from seeing it can tell you the model of that and that it's available in a British flag pattern or something. Okay, so there are definitely some story gaps, some logic gaps in this episode. But I feel like this works pretty well as an emotional story at the very least. Like I said, I really love Mackenzie Gray's performance. And I love that the episode doesn't end with everything being resolved. Like, you know, at the end of the episode, John still hasn't gotten back his ability to play music. He may never get it back. And it's sort of a bittersweet conclusion. We understand where these feelings are coming from, but his problems are still the same. And once again, I just feel like that's kind of a brave decision that maybe a lesser show wouldn't have handled. And here, this episode ends on sort of a more downbeat note. Yeah, and that's a very adult way of looking at it. And now I agree with you on that. But I remember watching this episode as a kid and really disliking this one because I couldn't understand why John was so angry and why he can't relearn how to play guitar. And that was something that really frustrated me because he was yelling at Fee and Jack. It was really emotional. And I couldn't, as a six-year-old, understand exactly what was going on in this app. For the end, I really like the line that he says um, to Fee, because they're, you know, they're sad that he's not going to be able to play anymore. But he says, there's lots of lives lived out there. I guess I was meant to live more than one. Mm -hmm. That's a good line. And then one other scene that I really like is where, where John goes to the bus when Molly and Fee and Jack are like talking about him. And that's where he gets so emotional. And, you know, he admits he's scared and Molly and him hug. I don't know. I just, I really like a lot of, the scenes here, I think because of Mackenzie Gray. Yeah, that scene on the bus is really good, where we get a little backstory. We find out why he's called Papa Bear, or why Fiona calls him Papa Bear. Oh, I was just going to say another line I like from John is when he, he can't play Proud Mary, and he talks about his passion for guitar isn't there anymore, and he says he's paid for life. 
with the only thing he's ever cared about. So even though he's still alive, he's lost the thing he loves most. Yeah, that's thought. a really good line. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I just feel like it, it's such a good performance, and that really elevates in the episode. And, you know, to the point where I don't even... you The issues with the plot that you guys have brought up didn't even really notice them just rewatching this earlier today because I was just so drawn in by his performance. All right, anything else anybody else wants to say? Uh, we didn't talk about the uh, the wife, if we need to. Oh, she the sweet old lady. Yeah, the woman at the end. Yeah. Yeah, what about her? <laughs> I, think when I, I think when I was younger, I always thought it was weird because I, I didn't really understand. Also, when John and her hugged, I'm just like, he's just is he helping her? I don't know what's going on. Seems like there was a lot of confusion with this episode. I remembered it wrong, and everybody else couldn't get their heads around it when they were younger. <laughs> Maybe you remembered it wrong because you're trying to make sense of what you watched. That is entirely possible. Oh, and by the way, is Fiona wearing her dad's jacket again in this episode? Yes. Okay. So yeah, like at least the first half, I noticed it. Because I, I noticed she was wearing a brown jacket, and then I saw that the sleeves were way too long. So I was like, oh, that's Rick's jacket. See, I'm, I'm picking up on this stuff now, you guys. <laughs> oh, I have something to say. Okay. Say so it. This is a silly one. But <laughs> during one of the live streams when we were rewatching this episode, it was me, I think, Kathy, and was it Gabby who were talking about this and coming up with a theory about how that lady at the end was like a cougar lady moving in on John. And that since John... <laughs> Wait, could no longer play guitar. He decided to marry Cougar Lady, and <laughs> she was really wealthy. So together, they were able to open the very first Papa John's because it came from John Kane plus Papa Bear. So there you got Papa John's. Yeah, um, he I remember. went on to become a famous pizza chef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite the alternate ending. <laughs> He's a more admirable person than John Schnatter is. Yeah, I was just thinking the guy who runs Papa John's is a scumbag. Um, <laughs> That's clever, though. I like that. <laughs> well, you know, in the 90s, it was sort of a thing for musicians and celebrities and stuff to open up weird restaurants. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say, we do get one really good um, Dave Squatch moment here where... Mm -hmm the pop quiz he cooks up for Jack and Fiona while they're in San Francisco. Apparently that's where they're supposed to be. Yeah. When I heard what the topic was, it's about finding themes of the Vietnam war and grateful dead lyrics for a pop quiz. I thought that's pretty intense, but then he gave it a due date of a day later, which is that really a pop quiz? Yeah. That sounds like a thesis statement. It doesn't sound like a pop quiz. <laughs> But uh, I don't know, that was just kind of a cute, funny moment. And um, if the episode is meant to be set in San Francisco, we get none. There are no stock footage of trolley trains going down the hills. Follow the <laughs> rim. Yeah, exactly. Uh, nothing we associate with that city. So it really <laughs> could have been set anywhere. This episode is one that fans of Erie, Indiana sometimes point to, I think is saying that Erie, Indiana kind of influenced so weird in a way. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, because there's an episode of Erie, Indiana called Heart on a Chain, which I don't remember what happened, but basically the synopsis on IMDb says that someone's killed in an accident and then his heart is transplanted into someone else's body and 
that person starts to act like him. So that does sound a little similar. Um, that's a good episode, by the way. If you're going to watch an Erie, Indiana episode, I recommend that one. Yeah, I do not remember that episode of Erie, Indiana. Uh, maybe I should rewatch that show next. I don't know. People keep sending us feedback about it. It was it was interesting. We've already talked about it. It's an interesting yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have anything else they want to say about this one? Just one last point, uh, a little thing. So, as I said, I didn't really remember this episode too much when I rewatched it after so many years. But I realized that this episode actually premiered on the same evening as Twin. So I'm guessing that Twin overshadowed it a little bit in my mind. Do you know why they showed the last two episodes of the season back to back like that? I do not. Well, they were directed by the same person. Pat Williams directed both this and Twin and a couple other episodes we've talked about. Um, Singularity and Strangling and so on. It's weird when networks do that. Yeah, especially for a finale. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they would do that. Play some episodes out of order and all that. Which is a better penultimate episode of the season, do you guys think? This or Shelter? Like, not, I know we'll get into that next week, but, you know, like, going into Twin, which is less <laughs> odd. It's a toss-up. <laughs> well, you know, I like having Shelter before Twin because we have Encore and then Transplant, which are, like, pretty serious episodes. And so having that light one right before the ultimate finale, I like that little break. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a good point. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I'd like it more if it was better. <laughs> obvious, but yeah. I like it except for how much it sucks. <laughs> uh, so are we ready to do ratings? Or it seems like we didn't have too much to say about this one. Rating time, yeah. All right, ratings it is. I would give this a seven. And that's more or less mostly for McKenzie's performance. Um, I would give it a eight out of ten because I really like it. Well, that's a very high rating. Yeah, I would only give it a five, just because I still find it confusing and frustrating because we never get a full resolution to the alien storyline. And I know that's nobody's fault because the series was forced in a different direction than intended. But every time I watch this episode, I just feel so much frustration for all the unanswered questions. I'm going to give it one thumbs up. It's not one that stands out in my mind, although I do appreciate Mackenzie Gray's performance. I think he does a great job. But, yeah, it's not one that I pick out in my head as a great So Weird episode. Well, I'm curious, Kathy. You rated this one a lot higher than the rest of us. <laughs> um, like I said, I just really like Mackenzie's scenes. Like, if an episode has really emotional stuff I mean, that's basically it. That, that'll get me. <laughs> Just really well-acted scenes. And I like that it focuses kind of on the Phillips. And John Kane, I feel, is not much of a guest. So I like it when it's not really other random characters that we won't see again. Yeah, and we do get some more backstory on the characters and their lives. So that's nice. Not too much for the other McKenzie, McKenzie Phillips, to do in this episode. But she does get one or two nice scenes. Yeah, you know, I like it. Kat, what was it in the season three doc that related to this episode? I think it was supposed to relate to the uh, Todd Raxel thing with the Ultimate Gateway. It's been a long time since I've read it, so I'm not 100% sure. But I do remember that the Molecule thing, like that was supposed to be a plan that would help V contact the aliens somehow. 
Well, you know, very shortly, uh, I mean, are we still going to be doing the season three that could have been episode? I mean, so re read up on it, Cat. It's coming soon. Everybody okay, do your homework. I'll do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are we all have said everything that we ever want to say about transplant ever in the history of everything? Yes. Okay. <laughs> in that case, are we rolling on over to the feedback corner? Yes. This is from Melissa on our Encore episode. She said that she loves this episode. It's always uh, consistently in my top three, if not my number one favorite. My only complaint is it feels like a finale and feel like it would be even stronger if it were the season two finale. But that's just me. Well, it does kind of have that feeling, though. I really like Twin as a finale, so. Yeah, I agree with you. But uh, thank you for the feedback. Melissa, did you say it was? Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. And that's it. Oh, wow. Well, so does anybody have anything else they want to talk about? I mean. I guess we could mention the podcast with Sean Abley. Is that how you pronounce his name? There is a podcast out there called dead for filth and one of the writers of so weird was interviewed on there uh, it's a horror podcast and so in the episode he was talking about how much he loves horror and how he got involved in writing horror stuff and he talked a little bit about his experience with so weird he said that he really liked working on the show and he talked some about pitching ideas to John Cooksey and Allie Marie Matheson. I don't want to give too much away because it's a really nice interview, but uh, you should check out the episode. And what was the name of that podcast again? Dead for Filth. F-I-L-T-H. Okay, that's an interesting show title. I'll have to <laughs> look that up for sure. Yeah, and uh, I retweeted it on the So Weird Twitter. So access it's also available on the forum. Yeah, yes. I feel like sometimes this podcast just becomes, hey, somebody somewhere in the blogosphere mentioned so weird. It's our job to mention this. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice because, I mean, he said he loved being a part of the show and that he was proud of it. And that's always nice to hear. Yeah, he wrote the episode's website, Drive, and Rewind. Wasn't there another reboot that came out recently? Oh, yeah. Charmed. There's going to be a Charmed reboot. Oh, boy. And a Muppet Babies reboot. And a Party of Five reboot. Okay, well, I haven't heard about the Party of Five reboot. What what form is this taking? Oh, so this one is going to be about... It's like a redo of the series. But this time, instead of the parents dying in a car crash, the parents are going to be deported. Oh. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So is this going to be like on Fox or Netflix or what? I have no idea. I was talking with my sister about it over dinner. She's the one who brought it up to me. Party of Five reboot of all the things. Wow, my sister loved that show when it was on. Um, I loved that show. I was not allowed to watch it, but I loved it. <laughs> How many seasons does that run? Like, like I only recall six? Wow. Yeah. Okay, I, my sister only must have watched for like the first two. Jennifer Love Hewitt was on that, right? Yep. Was that who it was? Okay. Wow, all right. Well, and as for the Muppet Babies reboot, some people, it's this weird combination. It's like a, I believe it's a um, computer animated show, but mm -hmm. they've, the computer animated models are made to look like they're puppets. And some people are very disturbed by this. They find that it's <laughs> stepping right into the uncanny valley. 
man, I'm just saying it. It's not a bit. It's not going to be as pure as the original Muppet Babies. Okay, so you know. But uh, as for Charmed, you know that was a show I never watched. My friend JD from my other podcast uh, was a big fan of it, but then again, he has a thing for witches in general that I won't go into. Wow, just everything's getting fucking rebooted except for So Weird. Mm-hmm. I never watched Charmed. I still haven't. It always struck me. I as was kind obsessed of a... with Charmed. Really? Yes. I got in trouble say, at school <laughs> because I brought in a book called Charm: The Kiss of Darkness. It's one of those like professional fan fiction books based on the series, and it was quote unquote too mature for you <laughs> because I was like nine or ten at the time. But I love that show. I watched it religiously. I was obsessed with it. Me and my best friend, we would pretend that we were the children of the Charmed Witches. I was the daughter of Phoebe and Cole. She was the daughter of Piper and uh, Leo. <laughs> okay. W- which one of those was Shannon Doherty? Neither. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which one of them, which one of those were Rose McGowan? Because she was on that, right? That was Paige. We don't like her. Oh man, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I never watched this damn show. It always struck me <laughs> as like a second-rate Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm sorry, Charmed was never in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I quit watching on like season five, I think it was, when it became all about sex appeal and not about the actual witch stuff. All right, I think we're circling the drain here. Let's. We play. are. <laughs> <laughs> right. You have been listening to the So Weird podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. Keep the faith. Bye. Welcome to the